Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, today's episode is going to be Exodus chapter 14. Let's dig right in. And the Lord spake unto Moses, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn or return and camp before Pihahiroth between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-Zephon before it shall be before it ye shall encamp by the sea. Some modern scholars have argued that Moses did not take Israel directly to and then through the Red Sea proper, the Gulf of Suez branch of the Red Sea, but rather through the Reed Sea, since in Hebrew, Yam Suf means the Reed Sea. These scholars believe the area crossed was a marshy land near the Bitter Lakes. They maintain that the chariots of the Egyptians bogged down in the mud, and then the soldiers drowned when higher waters came in. But Latter-day Saints have information from the Exodus account uh, that the Exodus account is correct. Both the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants state directly that it was the Red Sea. Exodus fourteen twenty two and 29 says that the waters were a, sw- were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left, certifying, impli- cer- certainly implying more than passing through a marshy, air- a marshy area dried by a, a, a sudden wind. The Lord may have had at least two reasons for taking Israel through the Red Sea. First, the action displayed his awesome and great protective power. He was, he was the only warrior in this battle against one of the most formidable armies in the world. Therefore, this event was the, was the prelude and proof of his demand henceforth for trust and obedience. Second, when the battle was over, when that battle was over, the power of the Egyptian army was destroyed. The time necessary for rebuilding Egypt's power left Israel unmenaced until she became established in the promised land. Paul taught that the passage through the through the Red Sea and the overshadowing of the cloud or pillar of fire was clearly were clearly types or symbols of the baptism of water and fire. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 3, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, and wilderness hath shut them in. Pharaoh will think that they are stuck and unable to progress because of the large number of people, and, and that it may look like they are backtracking a little. Verse 4, And Pharaoh will harden his heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon or by Pharaoh and upon all his host or army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. And it was told the, the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen, chosen chariots, and all the chariots, all the other chariots of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And Pharaoh hardened his heart, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand, or in, in defiance. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea, besides Pi-Hahiroth before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. 
So they lose their faith here. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? They murmur against the Lord. How quickly do we complain when things don't go our way? Is not this the word or thing that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness? We knew this would happen. Why didn't you just leave us alone? Verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, or have faith. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will, sm- that he will show to you. He will accomplish for you today. You're going to see a miracle today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. In other words, your pursuers are going to die. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Be quiet, and know that I am God. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Don't stop here. Go to the, into the sea. Have faith. But lift, up, lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Moses had previously been told that he would do this. Now is the time for it to happen. And I say unto thee, the hearts of the Egyptians shall be hardened, and they shall follow them, and I will get and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh. In other words, in the Hebrew it says, I will be honored by Pharaoh and by all his army, and so on. And upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his, ho- his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, And the pillar of the cloud went before them, their face, and stood before them. And it came to pass that the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud, it came between the camp of Israel and the camp of the Egyptians, and it was a cloud and and darkness to the Egyptians, but but it gave light by night to the Israelites, so that the one came not near the other all the night. So this is in between the Egyptians and Israel, so that they didn't intermix here. They didn't, uh, the Egyptians couldn't attack them. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. A strong wind blowing from the east at the moment of the setting in of the ebb tide might so drive back the waters that towards the sea they would be some feet higher than on the on the shore side. Such a phenomenon is frequently observed in lakes and inland seas, and, and, if, and if there were, as there would very probably be at the head of the gulf, <clears throat> any inequality in the bed of the sea or any chain of sandbanks dividing the upper part of the gulf into two basins, that portion might be blown dry, and a path very soon left with water on either side. As the parting of the sea was caused by an east wind, the sudden veering of this wind to the opposite quarter at the moment of the return tide would bring the waters back with unusual rapidity. This seems to have been actually the case, for we find that the waters return not with a sudden rush overwhelming the Egyptians at once, but gradually, and at first, as we might expect, saturating the sand so that it took off their chariot wheels, that they drave them heavily. In the hurricane and darkness of the night, <clears throat> this would naturally cause such a panic and confusion as to seriously retard them in their passage. But in the meantime, the waters were too surely advancing upon them, and when morning broke, Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. 
The verse last quoted seems to show conclusively that the wind did veer around, veer round to the west, for otherwise, with the east wind still blowing, the corpses of Pharaoh and the ho- and this and his host would have been driven away from the Israelites and thrown upon the opposite shore. Parallel instances are referred to by Dean Stanley in Sinai and Palestine, notably that of the bed of the river Rhone being being blown dry by a strong northeast wind. That was by Alfred Edersheim. Verse 23, And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the, the Lord looked upon, looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took or bound off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, or its normal condition. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. What is the message of the Exodus? God answers our prayers. Our trials will not be shortened until it is for our best. There is no trial so big but that the Lord can't help us if we trust in him. Have faith and come out of of our personal bondage. Yes, we will have moments of doubt like the Israelites, but if we hold fast to the Savior, all things will work together for our good. Why is there not much in Egypt's history of Joseph, Moses and the Israelite Exodus, details of the deliverance, wheels fall from the chariots, and so on. Israel walks on dry ground in the Red Sea. I bear testimony these things are true and that this really happened. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time. Bye.